welcome once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet in New York bleep bleep city. You know what I'm bleeping. New York, you know what city. Because I just got to say it, but I can't say it because, you know, it's public radio. But anyway, you know, a lot has been going on since I talked to you last. I know it's always a lot has been going on, but this time really a lot has been going on since I talked to to you last. I had my busiest weekend probably of the year. I catered four weddings in one weekend. I kid you not. It was cray cray. And I recovered from COVID. Thank God. Tested negative. Thank God just in time to go into the kitchen and start working like a maniac. So it wasn't like I recovered from COVID and then had a few days to luxuriate or rest or relax or recuperate. No, I had to go right into it. So the timing was fairly terrible for me to get COVID. What can I say? But I am kind of proud of myself and I'm proud of everyone who works with me. We had a a demon killer week. And can you imagine catering four weddings in a weekend, in two days. We had two on Saturday and two on Sunday. It was totally nutsola. But all four went fabulously. All four were sweet and loving and appreciative and showered us with affection. One of them thanked me in their speech to their guests, you know, the, the thank you speech that the brides made. Two beautiful women who got married after being together for 20 years, they were fabulous. And I mean, really, it was just a whole, a whole weekend of extreme love and appreciation, which was the perfect chaser because, as you know, I'm still recuperating emotionally anyway from the thankless creatures I had a few weeks ago. I told you about them. It was just a different thing for me. I'm not used to that. I'm used to being loved and appreciated by the people I cook for. And here was two people who... I think we're in love with each other, so they were capable of love, which means they weren't evil, because if you're evil, you're not capable of love. But just out and out terrorized everyone, yelled at the staff, were mean to the bartenders, yelled at me, no one ever yells at me, yelled at my maitre d', no one ever yells at my maitre d', just nasty and disrespectful and thankless and horrifying. And so I know we've been talking about it a lot, but it's just that it was really an odd and unusual thing to go through. It's the kind of thing you might go through like your first year of cooking. There's a lot of yelling and disrespect happening when I first started cooking. The chefs were always yelling at the underlings. Men were really terrible and disrespectful to women. Everyone was racist and homophobic and it was a lot of chazerai. But uh, now, thank God, those things are not socially accepted. But also, you know, once I started my own business, I banished disrespect and yelling from my kitchen. If anyone comes into my kitchen and is disrespectful or raises their voice, they are out. And I don't accept it from my friends. I don't accept it from anyone I'm going out with. I don't accept it from my clients. It's just not part of my life. So to have these 20-something-year-old boys who I really had felt a little bit maternal to yelling at me. It was a bizarre experience. So I think that's probably why I got sick, to tell you the truth. It was so upsetting. It lowered my immune system. So since then, we've catered six weddings, every one of them over the top, loving and grateful and appreciative and 
just thrilled and, and still thrilled weeks and days and after the wedding, thank you letters and beautiful notes and, and gorgeousness. So I understand that I, I have a little screw loose that I'm not concentrating on the beautiful compliments and only on this one nasty couple, but, um, Yes, it's, you know, we all do that, right? You could get 5,000 compliments and one person says you don't look good and that's the one you think about, right? So I've probably catered seriously maybe 2,000 weddings. And all but two of them, two out of 2,000, love and adore us. Uh, One of them was a few years ago and the bride and groom hired us to do a cocktail party and their parents were pissed off because they wanted a dinner. It wasn't my fault. The bride and groom were my client, not the parents. But the parents were like they wanted to sit down dinner. And I was doing a cocktail party because that's what I was hired to do. But still was unpleasant. And then there was these guys who got had a beautiful wedding with gorgeous food. And yet seemed dedicated to looking for any little dark hole, any little shadow, any place that they could lurk into. So... They couldn't criticize the food because it was plentiful and gorgeous. They couldn't criticize the bartenders and the drink making and the drinks because the bartenders worked at the speed of sound and made beautiful signature cocktails. They couldn't criticize the look of the room because it was gorgeous. They couldn't criticize the music because it was fabulous. You know, they just couldn't criticize 95% of the things at their wedding. But they had two altacacas at the end of the night who were in the corner hiding and the waiters couldn't get to them because the dance floor was so filled, who wanted their water glass filled. And to go through the dance floor meant any glass would be broken on the dance floor. So the waiters kind of had to go around and it took a while to get to them. So that's what these two boys want to concentrate on. And our guests didn't get their water. You mean two out of the 170 of your guests after dinner service was over didn't have their water topped off. I mean, cray cray. Here I am talking about it, right? Meanwhile, six fantastic weddings with loving, awesome people who put me in their thank you speeches, who called their friends about me, who were almost crying and thrilled, who wrote beautiful things about us, who showered us with love. Why am I not dwelling on that, right? What's wrong with me? And so I say to you and to myself and to the universe, Here now, I dwell on the good. I dwell on the joy. And I banish the bad. Because some people are just going through life like that. And I realize that has nothing to do with me. Because even those boys in their their vows, uh, my bartender pointed out, they were criticizing and uh, critiquing badly the Airbnb they stayed at. I mean, who does that in your vows, right? So some people are just gravitating through life looking for the dark. So if they have a beautiful meal, but there is a, uh, an ant on the table, they want to just ignore the whole beautiful meal and the great service and the spectacular drinks and the ambiance and the music and only talk about that ant. You know what I mean? Well, these were ant farmers for sure. That's what I'm going to call them from now on, the ant farmers. There, that came out kind of organically. But what I need to do is concentrate on the good and the love. So getting all that love has been a wonderful thing, but a learning experience for me. 
that I let the ant farmers pull me down into the darkness so much so that I got sick. Here are two and a half years on the front lines, never got COVID, but the ant farmers pulled me into the dark hell and that's when I got COVID. So now I'm back. I've been cranking out weddings, doing glorious food, rolling in love. And I have a fantastic play that I wrote, which is opening this week in New York City. It's called The Very Last Wing Ding, and I do hope you get to see it. If you're in New York, maybe you will. And hopefully it'll travel and you get to see it where you are. Maybe it'll go to New Mexico. Maybe it'll go to Albany or Provincetown or Texas or Florida, everywhere. And the play was written because I had a a very busy and kind of hard season right when we started coming back after COVID. I had this delusion that everyone had all that time off and they were going to be sweet and lovely and thrilled and happy to be back and wouldn't aggravate me. But in fact, people were nervous and weirded out and had a lot of chazerai and difficult And so here we had this busy season and we just had basically a year and a half off. And it was really hard to get through it. And so I was talking to Charmaine, my maitre d' and my buddy and my partner in arms about, not that way, I have a girlfriend, you know what I mean? Partner in business arms and and friendship arms. Anyway, um, you know about, can you imagine if it was our last day of catering, like what we would do and say to people? Could you imagine? And then I said, you know what? I'm going to write a play about it. She said, really? And I said, yeah. And you know what? I sat down and I wrote a play about it called The Very Last Wingding about two old school jaded caterers, one based on me, Chef Rossi, although the character in the play is called Chef Roxy, R-O-X-Y, which is my stripper name if I were a stripper. And the other one based on Charmaine, or her name is Charlene. See, shockingly different. And all the adventures that happen on their very last day of catering. And of course, there's a little bit of revenge on some horrifying clients in there. No names or likenesses, but pretty much verbatim who they were and are. And a lot of humor. I mean, you'll laugh and you'll cry and everything. But also a lot of tears. Because it's a complicated thing, this world of catering. I mean, yes, we do it for the money. Of course, we do it for the money. But would I be doing this for 32 years for the money? No. It's also the love and the applause and the appreciation and the feeling you get in your kishka, you know? Anyway, if you happen to be in New York City, June 9th, 11th, and 12th of this year, you need to get your butt over to see the very last wing ding. Just type it into your computer, the very last wing ding, and all the information will show up. It's at the Latea Theater on the Lower East Side, which is pretty much the only cool neighborhood left in New York City. Everything else is disappearing, unfortunately. But, you know, look at all this good stuff that's happening, because I'm not dwelling in the dark with the anteaters anymore. I'm opening to the light, and I've written the play, and it's opening in a theater in New York City, and it's exciting, and we have four actors who are brilliant and a brilliant director and a stage manager and a lighting designer and ooh, it's all a sort of big time you know and guess what I'm the producer I've never produced anything in my life well I okay that's a lie I produce every event I cater but I never produced a piece of theater I've written a lot of theater but in this with this theater the writer is also the producer so 
been learning a lot. I hired a director and and I got my friends and the actors and the stage manager and you know, the director found the stage manager and my friend Charmaine who's playing Charlene found the actors and you know it's all been kind of a trippy thing but it's all coming together like magic. So I think I'm going to spend some time dancing in the light. I needed a little reminder from the ant farmers or the ant eaters. What were they? The ant farmers, I think I called them about dwelling in the dark, but I choose the light. I had a friend of mine for a long time who was my maitre d' for a long time who would always say goodbye the same way. Instead of saying goodbye, she would always say, sending you light. And I always thought, oh God, she was too new agey for my nerves. I would roll my eyes. But then I thought about it afterwards and recently, and that's just about the nicest thing you can send to someone, sending you light. Who doesn't need some light? And I think about my beautiful friend, Susie, Susie Starlight, who we lost this year, young and vibrant and beautiful and full of life and light, who wanted to be called Starlight, and so I call her Susie Starlight. And I think about her all the time, especially when I look at the stars. And she always wanted to shine light, and that's what she did. You'd spend time with her and you felt like light was shining on you. So think a little bit about that. Who do you spend time with that makes you feel a little bit like they're an ant farmer? You know, if everything is beautiful and there's one ant, they're gonna concentrate on that one ant. They're gonna blow it up times a billion, like as if it's Godzilla the ant. And who do you spend time with who just wants to shine light? who just wants a bask in warmth and the sun and goodness and joy. So maybe stop hanging out with the ant farmer. You know what I mean? And also, listen, if you are the ant farmer, you know, get over it. Come on. I mean, look at these boys. They had a beautiful, beautiful wedding filled with love and people trying to make it spectacular and trying to do the best they could to make them happy. And all they want to do is search for every little crack, every little crevice they can find. And what's left? They no longer can remember the music or the taste of the food or the smiling waiters or the beautiful drinks or the beautiful flowers. They no longer, they can't remember any of that. All they can remember is that two altacacas didn't have their water glass filled. And so who's the loser there? They lost a night of magic, and it's gone from them. They can't smell the flowers. They can't remember the taste of the food. They can't hear the music in their ears. Who's the loser? I think about spectacular events that I've been at, and I can hear the music for days after, sometimes even months. I remember even now certain concerts I've been to, I can still hear the music in my ears, and I remember spectacular meals I've had. I can close my eyes and taste that beautiful food in my mouth. And I remember the smell of gorgeous flowers, in particular lilacs. I can close my eyes and get that smell. So no, I wouldn't give that all away to be an ant farmer. And neither should you. So let's all make a pact together. We will not be ant farmers. We will dance in the light. We will dance in joy. We will not search out the darkness. We will cherish this beautiful thing called life. 
Now, speaking of cherishing, I have to say, having catered these six weddings for these spectacular, beautiful people who loved and appreciated me, thank you very much, I felt so much love that it all came out in the food. And that's another interesting thing. If you want a chef to make beautiful food for you, love and appreciate them. But if you treat them like dirt, well, the food's not going to be as beautiful. I'm not saying I didn't make beautiful food for the ant farmers, but if they'd loved and appreciated me, it would have been more beautiful, trust me. It was gorgeous. I tried really hard, but it could have been even more gorgeous. I just felt such a void and a darkness. It wasn't inspiring. But for these six lovey-dovey weddings, oh, forget it. These beautiful women, glorious women, they were together for 20 years and decided to get married. Women of, we say, a certain age, which is actually about my age, honestly. You know, it just was great and romantic and beautiful. And the whole beautiful space was filled with lavender flowers. It was gorgeous. And for them, I made some spectacular food. We did this one hors d'oeuvre I loved, where we took pears and we cut them into wedges and tossed them in lemon and oil and salt and pepper and grilled them. And then tossed them again in some fresh chopped thyme and put them away in the fridge until we needed them. And then we cut out little baby waffles and toasted them and put them away till we needed them. And then we took goat cheese or chevre and we didn't want to put it in the food processor because we didn't want it too wet. So we put it in the mixing machine with some chopped chives and thyme and cracked pepper and sea salt and put that in a piping bag. And then I reduced fig balsamic vinegar until it was a syrup. And now check out this hors d'oeuvre, a perfect little toasted baby waffle with a slice of gorgeous grilled pear and then a nice pipe from the piping bag, a sort of a floret of the herb goat cheese, and then a gorgeous drizzle of the fig balsamic syrup and a sprinkle of fresh chopped chives and a little itty bitty sprinkle of a little further bit of freshly ground black pepper. That was a gorgeous, gorgeous hors d'oeuvre. Everyone was just astonished. It seemed sort of simple, right? But there was an awful lot of love that went to it. A lot, a crazy amount of love. And I, I took lots of photographs of it because the simplicity of it was a gorgeous thing. Everyone loved it. And it was a kind of a hot day, so everyone wanted sort of things that you would want in a hot day. There was all sorts of things we did. Some unusual, some old-fashioned. One hors d'oeuvre, which was fairly old-fashioned, was just perfect for this hot day. It was a cucumber rounds, which is sliced English cucumber, quarter-inch thick into rounds. And then we took a beautiful smoked salmon and we made a rose out of it and put it on top of the round. And then we took a gorgeous creme fraiche and mixed it with fresh chopped dill and cracked pepper and a little itty-bitty drizzle of the juice of capers, just for a little bit of zing. I made a gorgeous dill creme fraiche with a little bit of the flavor of the caper juice. And so a dollop of that on the salmon on the cucumber and a little sprig of fresh dill. Simple, old-fashioned, that's a 1980s, 1970s kind of hors d'oeuvre. It didn't matter. It was beautiful. It was perfect. I don't have to be weird and wild all the time. Just most of the time. 
And then we did my gluten-free mac and cheese fritters. Good Lord, they're delicious and everyone loves them. And we did my sweet potato latkes, which are vegan and gluten-free. And my homemade applesauce, which everyone loves, which I have to make always with red delicious apples, no other kind. I just cut them up and toss them in lemon water. And then I cook them in a skillet with no oil or anything. And when the skin starts to blacken, I don't skin them. I leave the skin on. I put them in the food. I put a little uh, cinnamon, toast the cinnamon. Then I put them in my food processor. And I give it a few pulses until it's sort of half chunky and half applesauce. And it's beautiful. And I put a nice big dollop of that on my sweet potato latkes. And it's a gorgeous thing. Anyway, it was beautiful food. It filled my heart with joy and it filled everyone else with joy. So many compliments, so much love, a beautiful speech where the bride, uh, one of the brides thanked me personally and my company for all the love and attention. It was just so nice to be appreciated. Being appreciated is a powerful thing. So I ask you, you know, what do you do for a living? Are you feeling appreciated? Are you feeling noticed? Are you feeling loved? Maybe you're not. And maybe you can't get that from your boss or, you know, your spouse or the person you want to get it from. Even you, even asking for it, maybe you can't get it. Maybe it's just banging your head against the wall and maybe you're dealing with some ant farmers, you know. Well, if you can't get it, then give it. You know, I learned that. Sometimes I didn't get a gift that I wanted. And, you know, I've had birthdays where I didn't get a gift that I wanted. I'm kind of sentimental on my birthdays. And it didn't feel good. But what did feel good was turning around and giving a gift to someone else. So let's say your boss is not appreciating you. And it's, you know, it's like getting, what is it, blood from a rock? Is that how the expression goes? You're never going to get it from this boss. Well, personally, I say get another job from someone who appreciates you, but you know, maybe you can't, you know, life is weird. But what would make you feel good is to love and appreciate someone else. Give to someone else what you really want for yourself. And you'd be surprised about the boomerang effect. It's kind of an amazing thing. So those two ant farmers, I don't know what their future is going to be like because they're young men. They're in their twenties. They've got their whole life ahead of them. And for them to do so much ant farming on their wedding day, I don't know. I don't know if they'll, I don't know what their future will hold for them. And I don't wish them ill will. I hope that their lives will be okay. I don't wish anyone ill will. Well, maybe Ted Cruz. I really don't like him. But for the most part, I don't wish anyone ill will. But going into life with that kind of attitude, forget about it. Forget about it. It's not a good thing. It's the kind of thing that causes cancer, causes mental illness, causes a lack of joy, you know? So just turn away, turn into the light. Don't be an ant farmer. Look for the joy. Don't look for the dark. And if you're not appreciated, appreciate someone else. If you're not getting kindness, give kindness to someone else. That boomerang effect is a powerful thing. And meanwhile, you got to try this pear thing. So check it out. If you don't feel like making waffles, I mean, very few people do, just go to the grocery store and buy some waffles. 
sometimes grocery stores even sell mini waffles, but usually they don't. And get the waffle and cut it into four. Now you'll have four mini waffles. And toast them off, cook them just like you would any other waffle. Get your pear, grill it up the way I told you, put it on the waffle, take your goat cheese, toss it up with some fresh herbs, put it with the pear, get a little drizzle of, I love the fig balsamic glaze, but you could do balsamic glaze, any kind of a glaze. And something, you know, fresh, like fresh sliced scallion or chives or thyme or even parsley, whatever you want. Parsley, it's all right, not my favorite for this, but why not? Anyway, your guests will be so knocked out by this, I got to say, they're going to be like thinking you're a genius. And when they think you're a genius and they start showering you with love and appreciation, roll in it, absorb it, take it all into your solar plexus and enjoy it. And then shoot me an email and say, Chef Rossi, I just rolled in love because of you. Thank you very much. That would be a great thing for me to know. Now, you know, you can always find me at the Raging Skillet. That's easy to find. Type in the Raging Skillet. How many people do you know that you can say that about? And then you'll find me in two seconds, point, you know, point flat. And I'm on Instagram as Chef Rossi NYC, all one word. And I'm on Facebook as Chef Rossi NYC, all one word. So I'm pretty easy to find. Now, what I wish for you is I wish for you to dance in the light, to feel love and appreciation, to feel joy, to not be an ant farmer, to not go into the dark. And if you find that you are that kind of person, and I know quite a few of you, what can I say? Where you overlook all the good, you know, and you're a total Debbie Downer and you go searching for the dark. You know, the sun is out, the sky is blue, everything's gorgeous. But, you know, there's like a dog poo on the sidewalk. And you want to concentrate on the dog poo on the sidewalk instead of the beautiful day and the birds and the children and the music, right? You're a Debbie Downer ant farmer. But you don't have to be like that. Say no to the dog poo. Embrace the light. Dance in the joy. Life is short. Why not live it for crying out loud? For crying out loud. Just choose joy. Okay, listen. I'm not saying I always do it myself. I do have my ant farming moments. I admit it. The fact that I dwelled on these douchebags for weeks on end instead of dwelling on all the love and joy that I got from all those other weddings means that I have a little bit of the ant farmer in me too. I admit, but I'm working on it. And the joy is so much more delicious and the light is so much more beautiful. And the smell of lilacs is so much nicer than dog poo. You know what I mean? So go out and embrace life and say no to the ant farm. I mean, nothing against you ants, you know. I guess you're kind of scapegoating you. So we're not saying anything against ants. It's just, you know, a point. Poor little annies, you know. I'm sorry, cute little annies, but don't crawl on my leg and don't come into my apartment, okay? I'm just saying. Anyway. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, for raging and eating. And as always, food is love and so are you. Now go out and dance in the light. Live your joy and don't be an ant farmer. Unless, of course, you are an ant farmer. In which case, you know, mazel tov. Enjoy yourself.